This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. I'm Bex and I'm your host of the podcast and I've got a lot of stuff today. We will be chatting to Jacqueline Wilson, to Matt Haig and David Solomons. Plus, we'll be telling you about the coolest and bestest and brilliantest books around at the moment. But first, it is my book trivia question. Don't worry, I'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. The question is this. Which one of these isn't a character in The Wind in the Willows? Is it A, Mr. Hedgehog, B, Otter or C, Mr. Badger? Don't worry, I'll let you know later. First up, let's have a little chat with Jacqueline Wilson. Welcome to the studio, Jacqueline Wilson. Hello. Hi, it's lovely to be back here. I love this station. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, You're celebrating your brand new book, My Mum Tracy Beaker, which I have finished and absolutely loved. Oh, I'm so pleased. I adored it. Uh, tell, Tell the listeners why you went back to Tracy, I guess. Why was she the pet character? Do you know, I've been joking about bringing Tracy back as an adult for ages. And sometimes I sort of rift away when I'm talking to an audience saying, you know, if they've been asking me questions about Tracy Beaker as a child. And I said, I really ought to find out what she's like as an adult. Um, Think of the titles you could have. Tracy Beaker's single (laughs) mum, Tracy Beaker's midlife crisis. And I've gone on and on like this. And then last year, I suddenly thought, why don't I actually find out what Tracy is really doing and what sort of a mum she would be? And the book is not written by Tracy herself. Well, it's not in her voice. It's in the voice of her daughter, Jess, who's 10, the very same age that Tracy was in the first book, the story of Tracy Beaker. But she's very different to Tracy, isn't she? She's a lot more sensitive and she's just just a bit... A quieter girl. It's interesting in that she looks a spitting image of her mum, apart from her little glasses. But she is a different girl, as you say. However, although she's quieter and sensitive, she's a little bit of a chip off the old block. (laughs) She can stand up for herself. She can be quite funny and feisty if the the time is needed. But certainly nobody could rival Tracy for her personality. Jess does have her own mind. Uh, so I don't think it's giving away too much to the listeners that in the book, uh, Tracy gets a new boyfriend and uh, Jess is very adamant on her thoughts about the boyfriend uh, and doesn't, isn't quiet about it, doesn't, doesn't hide it. No, I, I think it's always very difficult if, if you're very close to your mum and there's just been the two of you and then a new boyfriend for the mum comes on the scene. I think for most kids, it takes them a little while to adjust because, you know, you don't really want to think of your mum in those terms of she's somebody's girlfriend. And whoever it is, even if they're absolutely lovely, they're a little bit of an intruder into your own special relationship. Yeah, there's quite a few uh, callbacks to previous Tracy Beaker books, which I think Tracy Beaker and Jacqueline Wilson fans will absolutely love. It's brilliant. I, I try very hard not to get too carried away because... There are lots of children out there who've never even heard of Tracy Beaker, um, maybe missed out on seeing the long-running television series or whatever. And I wanted it not to matter in the slightest. You can just start this book about Jess and see what she thinks and realise she's got a a lovely but very um, embarrassing at times, Mum, put it that way. But also 
I did feel that anybody who was a real Tracy fan might actually find it fun to to read my mum, Tracy Beaker, and see some of these characters from the past. And uh, people have told me when I've been talking about the book this past week or so, um, you know, is Justine Littlewood in it? Yeah. She's the one I want to meet Absolutely. up with because Justine and Tracy were such great enemies when they were both kids in the children's home. And yes, Justine does make a pretty dynamic appearance. <laughs> she pops up, doesn't she? Yeah. She pops up. Yes, <laughs> she, she says hello. Now, you mentioned uh, Tracy Beaker on TV. Could we maybe imagine one day seeing uh, Tracy Beaker as a mum on TV? I think that's very, very possible. Um, there's, we're certainly in very positive discussions now <laughs> and um, I am crossing my fingers. Yes. But yes, I'm pretty certain. Okay, I'm she taking that be. as a Fun Kids exclusive. Yes. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. Is there any character that you've written that you'd like to go back to eventually, a bit like Tracy? Anyone from the past you think would be um, fun to find out about? I have had many requests to um, find out what's been happening to Ellie Magda and Nadine. I wrote four girls <gasps> yes. about them. And they I wrote about them when they were 13. Um, and it seems so long ago now because... They didn't have mobile phones, social media hadn't been invented, life was so different yeah. then. Um, and yet underneath it all, those girls went through the same sort of turmoil and that, that modern girls do now. Um, but heaps of girls have said, come on, we want to find out what they're like. And in fact, I'm not um, on social media very much myself but there was a sort of little Twitter storm, a, li a little drizzle shall we say oh, that'll do. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody had said what do you think might happen to those girls and there were lots of answers, really funny very inventive ones that I, I remember reading at the time um, whether I ever go back to them and see if they have teenage girls now and how they might cope and it might be fun to see from one of their daughter's point of view. Yeah. I, I rather hope that those three are still friends in, in some one way or another. But who knows? We'll, I, th I, think, I don't want to be considered a one-trick pony just like she's <laughs> resurrecting all her old characters, but just occasionally I'm tempted. I think you should write one big book and just do lots of crossovers and just put all the characters in one book and see them in the same world. Yeah, and well, I mean, if if I was told, oh, it sounds a bit doomy, but right, this is probably the last book you'll ever write. I think I would love to hold some kind of huge party where different characters would pop up and, and meet each other. What fun that yes, would please. be. Yes, please, do that anyway. Okay. That'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Well, is, do you have a particular favourite character apart from Tracy? Um I'm very fond of Hetty Feather, my Victorian foundling girl, and um, I don't think she'll be happy to just sit on the sidelines for too long. I think she might bob up unexpectedly in a book in the future. That's a hint. Oh, lovely. Um, but certainly not my mum, Tracy Beaker, because she's be, I don't know, 150 or something. <laughs> maybe maybe Jess can find a book. Yes. And it's got Hetty in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, Hetty's not there now. She's retired. Um, I also, you know, looking way back in the past, I've always been fond of a girl called Dolphin, who was in a book called The Illustrated, Illustrated Mum. And um, 
it would be, I, I would hope that she's having a very happy time now. There wouldn't be much for me to write about, but she had such a difficult childhood and uh, she's one of my characters that I would like to sort of sit on my knee and comfort her <laughs> because it, it, it's a hard time for her. I th- I'm sure a lot of girls who read that who are going through a similar thing would have been delighted to just read, like with all of your books, to read somebody going through the same thing as you. I think that's, well, well what I find, if I have something horrible happening to me in my life, I don't ever really feel tempted to read one of those self-help books. What I want to find is a, a fiction book that where the character is going through something similar and then I can comfort myself by seeing how this particular person is dealing with this situation and maybe I could get some tips on how to do it or indeed some really dire warnings about no, 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 <laughs> never behave like this character. And so I think if any child is going through a bad time, an unsettled time or just simply broken up with their friend at school and suddenly in that horrible position where... You haven't got anybody to sit next to. Um, then I'd like them to see that they're not alone. This happens to heaps of people, and it's a bit like I'm metaphorically holding out a hand and saying, "It's okay. You'll you'll be all right." And if children are blessed enough reading the books to feel, well, my life's nothing like this. You know, I've got heaps of friends, lovely family, etc., etc. It does give them a little bit of insight into what life can be like for some other children. Yeah, reading about somebody other, somebody else's world is a very helpful thing. I think. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, this is what I like to do. This is part of the reason why I love to read books so much. Now, before you go, I've got a quick quiz for you, if that's okay. okay. Now, it's all about your own books. So oh, gosh. hopefully <laughs> this will go well. We'll find out. It's called the name game, right? So you can probably guess. It's all about names. Uh, I reckon you'll. I reckon you'll get this. I reckon this will be okay. I mean, easy and gently. Okay. Uh, in Girls in Love, what is the nickname of Ellie's brother? Eggs. Yes. Perfect. Great. Yay! Thought you get that. Lovely. <laughs> okay. What's the real name of Biscuits from Cliffhanger? Oh goodness, goodness, goodness. He's someone McVitie. He is someone McVitie. <laughs> I'll give you half a point. Billy. Billy, Billy McVitie, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you name the two sisters in Double Act? Ruby and Garnet. Yes, I love Double Act so much. Uh, in The Bed and Breakfast Star, what was the name of the hotel? Um, oh, goodness me. And it's lost some of its letters, hasn't yes. it? And I can't remember. <laughs> what is it? It's the Royal Hotel. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Or the uh, Oil Huttle, I think. <laughs> I think Alice would have called it. Uh, lovely. Uh, in Cookie, what does Beauty name her pet rabbit? I think mm. this might be quite tricky. Is this the poor little rabbit who... Yeah. Oh, yes. That, do you know, I think that's probably one of the worst things I've ever written about. <laughs> <laughs> Scrub it out. Um, what is the name of the rabbit? I don't know. Birthday. Oh, birthday. Yes. To be fair, you've written a lot of books. I have written a lot of books, but these are brilliant questions. Well, now, did you set them? Yes, I know. I've, I've got one last one. Okay. Now, this is, this is going to be... This is a one, two, three, four, five or six pointer, I think, depending. Uh, can you name the books in the Hetty Feather series? Hetty Feather? Yeah. Um, Sapphire Battersea, yeah. Emerald Star, mm-hmm. Diamond, because mm-hmm. it's about Hetty... Little Stars, and there's Hetty Feathers Christmas, 
And then Hetty also pops up in Clover Moon and Rose Rivers. Yes, you get two extra points because I didn't Yay! have those down here, but you're right, she is in there. <laughs> this is good. Oh, well, I've redeemed myself. You have. I think, I think I'm going to give you near top marks. Thank you game, very much. <laughs> which is, I think is pretty good, pretty good going. Uh, Jacqueline Wilson, thank you so much for coming by, Fun Kids. Oh, thank you. It's been such fun, really. And we should say everybody needs to go and check out the book right now, My Mum Tracy Beaker. Thank you so, so much to Jacqueline Wilson for popping by Fun Kids. Next up, we're going to talk to David Solomons, who's written a brand new Doctor Who adventure book. Hello. Hello, nice to be here. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Now, uh, you've been super busy. I didn't yeah. see you that long ago, and now you've got another new book out. Uh, they just fall out of me. What can I tell you? <laughs> but this this one is a bit different. Uh, it's a Doctor Who themed book. It is. It's an adventure with the brand new Doctor. It is Doctor Who: The Secret in Vault Thirteen with yeah. uh, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and her TARDIS team, as we are now calling them. Because yeah, I mean the TARDIS is getting pretty busy at the moment. Is, is it Graham, Yaz, and who's the third? And Ryan. It's Ryan, a good yeah. job. It's bigger on the inside because it's getting quite crowded in there. It is exactly mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What? So what was it? What's the new story about? They have a, an adventure they have to go and find a secret and a key in the vault they do all of the above yeah. so it starts off with a begonia as the best stories do sure. with a a, a a pot plant that communicates a message uh, an urgent message to the doctor um, uh, through a kind of plant network sort of like the grapevine yeah. and um, she finds herself at the galactic seed vault um, which is a, a repository in the in the far reaches of space where um, all the uh, plants in the universe are stored in case of a universal catastrophe so that the universe can be reseeded. Oh, right, OK. Um, and then at the heart of the vault is Vault 13 and there is something in the vault and that's what the story is about. What is it and who's after it and who's going to get there first and what it means for the fate of the universe. Now, this is really exciting. Were you Were you given the story or did you get told... You could write anything you wanted. I was told I could write anything I wanted. You know that exam question, the, the dreaded exam question, oh, yeah. right about anything you like? That's that was that's what I was faced too with. Too many things. Far too many things. And so I put them all in this book. Did you take inspiration from other Doctor Who stories? Or were you like, yes, no, I'm write yes. what I want to write? No, I grew up in, in, in the, uh, you know, an, an ancient era, not quite black and white. <laughs> and um, there was a, a story, a famous Doctor Who story called The, uh, the Key to Time. And um, I always liked those collect the set sort of um, (laughs) quest structures and and it's kind of so so there's influenced by that so the new doctor Jodie Whittaker she uh the series has just really started the last few weeks so you must have known quite a bit in advance the setup and a few secrets about the the new adventures surely yes I was let in on a few secrets which was very exciting because um um I, I particularly like the fact that um, they, I knew what the TARDIS looked like before most people, oh. and so but, but they sent me a, um, a, an image of it, and so I could describe it in the book. And then I got a, 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 I got a follow up message saying, "Have you know, now you have described it? You must uh, um, print out the visualization, uh, shred it, and eat it. And <laughs> destroy any evidence." Um, and so there was things like that, which was great. Uh, it, was, it was nice to be in on, in on that secret. Was uh, that the biggest secret you were told? The, yeah, the TARDIS, I think everybody wanted to keep the, the secret of what the new interior of the TARDIS looked like. That was, um, so that was the biggie. And um, yes, and there were certain character things that I needed to know backstory um, but but the big one was was the interior design <laughs> isn't it funny like that is the biggest deal that people yeah. were like, desperate to know about the TARDIS because I I think I was most excited to know what she would wear that was my yes. thing for me 
Yes. I think we kind of, we got a glimpse of that early on, earlier on. So that was that kind of, yeah. I quite liked, uh, I I forget, was it David Tennant or Matt Smith? Like just the scene of trying on different clothes. Yes. I quite like the Doctor finding their vibe and finding Yes, that room is good. We used that, I used that a lot in in the book. There's a kind of um, cloak room uh, um, where where, um, they get dressed up into various things, depending on the the adventure that they're they're about to have. Um, Um, In in the book, apart from the Doctor, who's your favourite character to write? um, Graham. I think yeah. Graham's good. Graham's good because he's also very useful. He's the guy who says, uh, so why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and he's also slightly less keen on the whole adventuring business. Yeah, he's kind of fallen into it, hasn't he? Um, which is great. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, and, and he's funny. So if we're reading the book, can you give readers or listeners maybe one clue as to the, to the mystery? <laughs> um, what would be the most important... Um, plant-related thing um, in the universe? What would, what's the most important plant there's ever been? Oh. Um, and and that's, yeah, that's a clue. It's technically not a plant, but um, but yeah, okay, in that, in that kind of uh, uh, um, uh, flora sense, what, it's, yes. Oh, that was a terrible clue. That, oh, was, no. that was confusing. No, I think that yeah. was a good clue. I think, I think I've got, yeah. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, that was a, that was a great clue. Uh, now, you are a Doctor Who fan. I, 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 I think that it's fair to say, yes. Who was your Doctor? Who was your favourite? Um, I, I, Tom Baker. Um, yeah. I, I kind of grew up in, in that era. Um, although I, I can actually remember John Pertwee to be turning into Tom Baker. So, yes. Um, cool. Which was traumatic. It's traumatic when, you, when your Doctor goes. When and... you lose the Doctor, I know. <laughs> it's really sad. I did make a little Doctor Who quiz for you to see. Uh-huh. see just uh, not saying that you don't have the credentials, but just double checking. Okay. How much you know? Okay. That's okay. This this could go very badly. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's find out. Uh, so uh, th- I don't know whether these are difficult or easy, but let's find <laughs> well, out. That's together. not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Uh, what year was Doctor Who first on TV? Nineteen sixty-three. Yes, straight away. Uh, this is a many-parted question. Okay. Uh, how many people have played Doctor Who, and can you name them? <laughs> it's quite quite a difficult one. Uh, William Hartnell, yes. Patrick Troughton, mm-hmm. John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison. Yeah. Um, did he turn into Colin Baker? He did, yes. And then, oh no, oh, uh, Sylvester. Yeah. McCoy. And then we had a break. Mm-hmm. And then we had Christopher Eccleston. Who was in between the break though? Oh, oh yes, of course. Um, oh, the brothers, there's, there's many of them. <laughs> They're very good actors. It was a film... <laughs> It was an American film. The McGann. McGann. Oh, thank you. Okay. There was one of the McGann brothers whose name I, I can't remember. Oh, it's Paul. Uh, it's fine. Well, thank you. Okay. And um, I've already, now you've thrown me. So Sorry. who was after Chris Eccleston? You was it David Tennant? Yeah. And then Matt yeah. Smith. And then um, uh, Peter Capaldi. Yeah. And now we have the lovely Jodie Whittaker. Smashed it. That was amazing. Oh, and William Hurt. I, I was John, John Hurt. Yeah, I was John Hurt, not William Hurt. <laughs> I didn't know whether John Hurt counts Different or not. performance. <laughs> yeah, very different, very different thing going on there. Uh, John Hurt, I was going to give you extra bonus points if you mentioned him, so you've mentioned him, there so congratulations. Go, thank you. Uh, which Doctor Who villain is a flat piece of skin stretched on a frame? Oh, something about the something of Bo. The, is that not her? Oh. No, that's someone else. Or maybe, uh, oh, maybe it's connected, though. The face, it's not the face of Bo. It me- yes. Oh, is maybe it? maybe my answer is wrong. My answer I've got down here is Lady Cassandra. Okay. But did she have connection to the face of Bo? I feel like that makes sense. I don't know. No. <gasps> it's as if the quizmaster should have done some more research. <laughs> 
Um, what does TARDIS stand for? Ah, Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. Yes. Uh, which doctors did Sarah Jane Smith travel with? Um, the Fourth Doctor. Yes. And I guess... Oh, she she left in the Fourth Doctor. So that means she must have been with John Pertwee's his third Doctor as she well. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third and Fourth Doctors. Uh, and finally, what was K-9's catchphrase? Affirmative. Yes! Oh, yes! Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> That was well answered. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, sadly, you know, all the questions from my end were perfect, <laughs> but you did very well in the quiz. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, do you have more Doctor Who books in the pipeline? Uh, yes, indeed. Um, there will be uh, one more n- uh, next year, and um, um, I'm, can't wait. I, I'm about to start writing it, and so I'm very excited to carry on. This one ends with a, with a cliffhanger, and um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it sort of carries on straight from where this one finishes off. So more Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who books on the go. Yes, indeed. Perfect. Well, David Solomon, thank you so much for coming into Fun Kids. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's time to welcome Imogen into the studio. Imogen is my book expert. How are you doing, Imogen? I'm good, thank you. And do you have five books to recommend the Fun Kids podcast listeners this week? I do indeed. And the first one is Unexpected Twist. An Oliver Twisted Tale by uh, Michael Rosen and illustrated by Tony Ross, who illustrated all of the David Williams books. Um, And this book is uh, about a little girl called Shona, and she's a new girl in the school, um, and she finds it hard to stay out of trouble, Who and that's quite a lot like Oliver Twist. Yeah. Um, The boy she's reading about in her English class. Ah. Uh, If you know the book Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens, it's a very famous tale. Do you you want to hear a little story about that? Go on. At school, I had to write a whole essay on the book Oliver Twist, but I didn't write, I didn't read it. I just watched the film and just said I'd read it. It was fine. Got an A. Don't worry about it. Don't don't do that, kids. Don't, I mean, don't do, don't do that. Don't do. That. I was very lucky. Read the book before you watch any of the films. Read this book, obviously, and definitely read this book. Um, anyway, and then when she's unexpectedly given a phone by a stranger, Shona comes to learn that some gifts aren't exactly free. Mmm, that sounds really exciting. I like a little twist on the Oliver Twist story. Yeah, it's a twist on a classic, and it's you kind of get a, a, a taste of Oliver Twist alongside this brand new story all about Shona, and it's got great illustrations all the way through it. I love a picture. Tony Ross is really good know. as well, isn't he? Tony Ross is brilliant, and it really brings to life the story of both Oliver Twist and the story of Shona. Brilliant stuff. Uh, so what is the second book that you recommend to us today? The second book is The Girl with the Shark's Teeth by Kerry Bunnell. So Minnow, great name, mm. like a fish, uh, is very different from the other girls in her town and there's lots to set her apart from them. Um, so she has quite a lot of pale scars that lie beneath her ears and she has an affinity with the water, which leaves people a little bit speechless. Mm. Um, and the fact that uh, there was a time when, in deep, deep water, her body began to glow like a sunken star. What? I know. <laughs> okay. So when her mum gets into trouble and is taken uh, from their boat, because they live on a boat, sure. in the dead of the night, Minnow is all alone with one instruction. Sail to Reykjavik, which is in Iceland. That's quite a big instruction. <laughs> yeah, and find your grandmother. She will help keep you safe. Uh, so Minnow has never sailed on her own before uh, but the call of the deep is one she's been waiting to answer for her whole life and perhaps a girl who's lost on land can be found in the wild deep (gasps) 
That sounds exciting. Yeah, a super, super exciting story. Big adventure. Um, yeah, huge adventure. And if you love kind of the sea and um, big journeys, because um, Minna goes from Brighton to Barbados via Reykjavik and the whole wild deep and the magical, magical bits of the ocean, um, this one's for you. It's it's a really interesting read. Lovely. Thank you very much, Imogen. Uh, what is coming up next in your recommendations? It's another Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Oh, uh, it's the Meltdown. Friend of the show, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, by Jeff Kinney. Um, and this is a brand new one in the Wimpy Kid series. Basically, Snow shuts down Greg Heffley's middle school um, and his neighbourhood transforms into a wintry battlefield. Rival groups fight over the territory and build massive snow forts and stage epic snowball fights that will make you want to be in a snowball fight. Brilliant. I, I, I mean, I've never had a snowball fight. I have, actually. Is it fun? It will not surprise you to learn that I lost. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was fun, yeah. Loved it. Yeah, great. Well, this will make you want to go and have one. Um, and in the crosshairs of these snowball fights are Greg and his trusty best friend. It's a fight for survival as the friends navigate alliances, betrayals, and gangs in the neighbourhood meltdown. Uh, and when all the snow clears, will they will they emerge as heroes? You will have to read the book to find out. Oh, I like that because it's kind of like it's wintry, but it's not Christmassy. So we're yeah. not quite at Christmas just yet, but it's a good one for this time of year. Definitely. And of course, it's got all the classic signs of a Diary of a Wimpy Kid book. Uh, it's got all the pictures. It's written really brilliantly. It's super fun to read um, and you're going to love it. Lovely stuff. What's our fourth pick of the day? So this one is from a friend of the show, Cornelia Funke. Oh. Uh, it's Through the Water Curtain and Other Tales from Around the World. And can I just say, it's such a beautiful like, book. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but literally I'm judging it right now so, so hard. It's it looks amazing. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's lovely. It's kind of blue and it's got these water drops on it with lots of different um, drawings inside and it's got little gold sort of leafy yeah. bits and it's beautiful um, and as we all know Cornelia is has always been fascinated by fairy tales and uh, they kind of influence her storytelling as well if you've uh, read some of her previous books um, and this is kind of like an anthology a, a, a collection of uh, stories that challenge the traditional happily ever after uh, fairy tales um, so from Germany to Siberia from Japan to Vietnam uh, the collection includes lots of tales from around the world um, including the girl who gave a knight a kiss out of necessity oh. uh, the frog princess <gasps> Uh, the Boy Who Drew Cats and lots of other tales. Um, it's such a good book. And also, top tip, if you're looking to give someone a Christmas present ah. uh, who loves fairy tales um, and loves kind of travelling in kind of lots of different cultures, I think this would be a great gift. I am stealing that from the Fun Kids studio. I know exactly who I'm going to give it to. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Imogen, for that. No and worries. finally, uh, oh my goodness, I can see the classic... Uh, the last one is a good one. The last one is a good one. Uh, we've had these books in the uh, the top five picks before in the book club. It's Liz Pichon. Uh, it's a Tom Gates book. What monster. <laughs> Lovely Liz. What is going on in the newest Tom Gates book then? So this book contains monsters, mystery, a music festival, missing stuff and 
Tom Gates, of course. Obviously. Um, and also a very strict supply teacher. Um, but don't let that put you off, it says. Um, if you love Tom Gates, obviously you're going to read this book. If you love monsters, you're going to read this book. It's really entertaining. Of course, it has all the pictures, all the fun words. Tom Gates books are the kind of books you can also dip in. You don't have to have like started at the beginning. You can no. probably dip in now and it'll be absolutely fine. You could pick any page and be entertained. Yes. And that's the kind of beauty of Liz Pouchon and her Tom Gates books. I gave a Tom Gates book to one of my little relatives recently and he loved it. Perfect. Yeah. See, another great Christmas gift. Yeah, perfect. Uh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Imogen, for popping by. I'll see you soon for some Christmas picks, right? Yeah, absolutely. Lovely stuff. Uh, next up, we're going to chat to Matt Haig. He is an incredible author and he's got a brand new book out called The Truth Pixie. Hi, Bex. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for coming back to the studio. No, I, I had to. It's always great fun. Now, I've got to say, I love your brand new book. Thank you. So, so much. The Truth Pixie is out. I'm holding it right now. Listeners can't you see are, it. You are indeed holding it, Mary. It's nice to see you holding it. Holding it at you. Yes, exactly. Um, tell us a little bit about The Truth Pixie, because she's a character from a previous book. She is a character from a previous book. She's a character from my Christmas books, um, the first one being A Boy Called Christmas. But she, uh, this is a totally sort of standalone book, and it is just her story. I wanted because she was always my favourite character to write. You know, I write books for children and for grown-ups, and I never have more fun than when I'm writing about the Truth Pixie. The Truth Pixie basically is a pixie who's got a special condition where she can only tell the truth. So, um, you know, however much she might want to lie out of politeness or something, she has to tell the truth. So it gets her into all kinds of bother because sometimes lies are a little bit useful and uh, the truth pixie can't do it but so this is a story about how the truth pixie learns to accept herself as a truth pixie and how she also even manages to use her power of telling the truth to um cheer up a rather little sad little human girl oh yes this is is it ada or ada or how are you pronounce ada, it? ada ada okay. i think yes it's an it's a real life name from um finland because it's set in finland which is kind of where um Father Christmas lives in Lapland and all of that stuff. So Arda, yes, she's from Helsinki. And in the book, I mean, telling the truth is a bit of a curse sometimes. It is a massive curse. It's a massive curse, for instance, when a troll asks her um, y- y- what she thinks of him because then she has to say what she thinks of him and he's he's a big stinky troll so he she, she actually tells the truth about him and how he's not a very nice person because he or not a nice troll person because he stomps around and creates earthquakes and stuff and also like if someone asks her how is she how is she doing what's her day like how are you truth pixie she has to say how terrible she feels or if she's having bad and she'll stand there for about 20 minutes telling the truth because that's what she's got to do <laughs> that is some people's worst night <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I guess I have to tell you everything's awful <laughs> and also at the nearer the end of the book there is some some really lovely advice yeah, she she basically because um, she m- meets the girl who's having a bit of a bad time because you know this girl's moving house and she's got a poorly grandmother and various things going on, and she 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 tells the girl that yes these are horrible things but she also gives her some very very good reasons to be cheerful about her future. I've got to say, reading the book, I was like, I could use this advice. <laughs> you must have a lot of grown-ups and adults who are going to read it being like, yes, please. 
Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, like all books, I mean, I know, like, um, when you have a book published, they have to decide whether it's a children's book or a grown-up's book. And obviously, this is a children's book. But I think um, when you write your best books, you're kind of writing it for yourself. And I'm like 43 years old, so I'm a rather old child, but I'm still a child. But um, yeah, I, I, I hope lots of people find it cheering. And did you try it out on your kids? I more than tried it out, yes. I, I even had editorial suggestions oh, wow. about it. My daughter, Pearl, who is um, now nine, but she was about eight at the time, um, she said, oh, you need a talking rabbit in it, Dad. You've got to have a talking rabbit. I, mean, I said, why? Obviously. I said, why? Why specifically a talking rabbit? She says, talking rabbits make everything better. And she's <laughs> kind of right. It was a good, a good logic to it. So there's a talking rabbit. And um, yeah, and also got both of my children, Lucas and Pearl, to read it aloud because it's a rhyming book. And if you get your rhymes wrong, it just sounds really clunky. So we, we had them read it lots. Was um, it difficult to write a poetry book? It was, but it's fun. It's fun doing a, a rhyming book. And also, yeah, it's a really, it's like a one big long poem. And, and poems are fun. And it's, fu- it's fun trying to make it look like you're finding the right word rather than you're finding it just because it rhymes. I think that's a hard bit. That's quite a skill, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and you don't always get it right, but you have to sort of redo it and redo it and redo it until it sounds right. Now, we should also mention you have your other three Christmas books as well. I do, yes. They're all finally out together. Yeah, Mr. Christmas. Um, I am Mr. Christmas. They are A Boy Called Christmas. That was the first one. Then there's The Girl Who Saved Christmas. And then there's the brand new one, Father Christmas and Me. So how are you finding being the King of Christmas? It's very nice. I mean, uh, often the weird thing is when you write a book, you're not necessarily writing it at the time it's set. So I wrote some of these books in like January and March, but it's quite nice on a grey day to be transported back to December the 25th. And in Father Christmas and Me, it's all about the Easter Bunny kind of like battling. Easter Bunny. There's the Easter Bunny. We've got lots of elves. We've got the human girl, Amelia, a different girl, not Arda, Amelia, who is living um, with Father Christmas and the elves. And she's having to start elf school as well. So lots of fun things happen to her, um, realising that actually elf school is very different to human school. Did you get a lot of input from your kids for that one as well? Basically, what I'm saying is, it's giving you the ideas. You just write them down. Yeah, write them. well, definitely. I mean, of all of these books, all of those Christmas books, were because a few years ago, my son Lucas asked me a question, and the question was, "What was Father Christmas like as a boy?" And that was the first book, a boy called Christmas. So it all came from one little question that my son asked me when he was seven. And so now you've got you've got all of these books out. I think perfect for Christmas, and also the most beautiful illustrations as well. Uh, Chris, Mr. Chris Mould, absolutely. He, yeah, he's he's stuck by me now for four books. So we've got, and, and I think, you know, it gets better book by book. So in Father Christmas and Me, and the Truth Picks in particular, the illustrations, are, I think he's done his best ever. And he, he's absolutely brilliant, yes. They perfectly match, definitely. Uh, now, you've been in here before. I always do a little quiz with you, Matt. Oh, we're doing this again. I'm afraid so, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll wind my brain up. Okay, now this quiz, uh, because you've done, you've done my author quiz... I and have, last yes. time you were here, I did a Christmas quiz for you. And I was what thinking, we got now? Go on. the truth, Pixie, I thought I'd do a truth or false ah, about I Pixies. see what you're doing. You see, I've, I've run with the theme. This is great. I've done some research. Yes. It's, it's a simple five question. Let's you do know, it. It's fine. But I want to know true or false, basically. How much true do you actually know about Pixies? I'm going to hide <sighs> the answers from you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm going to fail my exams. I don't know. My... Maybe we'll send you back to elf school. It's fine. Uh, okay, first one. The folklore of Pixies is thought to belong to Cornwall. True or false? I'm going with true. It is true, yes. There you go. I've eased you in gently. Mm. That's fine. Uh, Pixie comes from the Latin for pig's eye. I'm going with false. 
Yeah, correct. <laughs> Made that up. Uh, it's possibly Swedish for little fairy. It's just testing uh. you. Okay. Queen of Cornish Pixies is called Joan the Wad. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't think, think there's, so. there's not a maybe in draw. Uh, 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 true. True. Yes, it's true. Yes. She's officially the Queen of the Pixies. <laughs> maybe. Get on over on me, Matt Haig. <laughs> true, false, or maybe. It's my favourite game. <laughs> there's no winners, no losers. Uh, true or false, the official mascot of the Pixie is the unicorn. False. That is false. Yes. Uh, unicorn is the official mascot of Scotland. Not pixies. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. You have plenty of unicorns in Scotland. That's why I always love going up there. And finally, there is a day called Pixie Day in June. True or false? Uh, uh, True? True. Yes, it's true. Well done. It's reenacted every year and they, apparently where it's reenacted, they capture the town bell ringer and they basically kidnap somebody in the village. Oh my goodness. Wow. Because pixies are naughty, I guess. Yes, they are. Can can be quite mischievous. So luckily none of that happening in your book. Well, no, naughty things happen, but not that particular naughty thing. (laughs) So we should say uh, The Truth Pixie is out pretty much right now. All good bookshops will have it. out right now, yes. And I'm very pleased to say it is flying off the shelves with lots of pixies ordering it. It is a beautiful book. I've read it and absolutely genuinely loved it. Um, And we've also got all of your Christmas books as well as King of Christmas. We have indeed, yes. So, yeah. Christmas is all year round in our house. So, yeah. Brilliant. I'd love that. Uh, Thank you so much for popping by, Matt. Thank you, Bex. That was amazing. (laughs) Thanks. So, because we've got Matt Haig with us right now, we thought we'd get him to do a little reading from the book. In a land 2,000 miles from here is a place where snow falls all the year. There you find trolls and goblins and elves and talking rabbits rather pleased with themselves. Other odd creatures live there as well, like this truth pixie whose tale I shall tell. Truth pixie's sad and she's not like the others. She's not like her 19 sisters or 38 brothers. She's not like her brother Brian who dances and sings. She's not like her sister Silver with bright shiny wings. She can't tell stories, she can't sing songs, she can't do magic, she can't right wrongs. In fact, for a pixie, she is quite peculiar. And the reason for that is her great-aunt Julia. When she was young, Aunt Jay cast a spell. She said, from this day on, the truth you shall tell. To be the truth pixie, that is her curse. She must tell the truth, for better or worse. Thank you so much to Matt Haig for popping by Fun Kids and for doing that reading. Also to Jacqueline Wilson and to David Solomons as well. I think I've got time to give you the answer to my trivia question. I reckon you got it, though. The question was, which one of these isn't a character in The Wind in the Willows? Was it Mr Hedgehog, Otter or Mr Badger? Well, I can tell you the answer was, of course... Mr. Hedgehog. Thank you so much to you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, subscribe, like, tell your friends about it, drop us a line at funkidslive.com, and we will see you very, very, very soon. Bye! So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.